Well, Merry Christmas. Ah, I am so glad we got to meet tonight, and uh, I just want to thank you for taking an hour out of your busy, crazy, hectic schedule to spend some time with us. If I've not gotten a chance to meet you yet, my name is Tim, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I hope by now you have gotten the chance to watch at least one of your favorite Christmas movies. Whether that be White Christmas, um, A Christmas Story, Santa Claus, or Elf, or maybe even Die Hard. I'm not sure if that's a Christmas movie or not. But uh, today I want to show you a short clip of the opening scene from my favorite Christmas movie. Take a look. scenes are so important, aren't they? And how many of you have been watching a movie, you start the movie, and there's always that one person, maybe in your family, who insists that you start the movie without them. And then three, four, five minutes goes on, and they finally wander on in, they plop themselves down on the couch, and they want to know what's happening. And then you've got to pause the movie and explain what's going on, or start the movie all over again. That's not the entire movie, but the opening scene is so important because it sets the stage for everything that's about to happen. And that's exactly what we have going on with the Christmas story. See, the Christmas story is the opening scene. It is setting the stage for everything that is about to happen. It's just the opening scene. It's not a standalone story. I mean, if, if Jesus was only here to introduce a winter celebration, it really wouldn't be that big of a deal. I mean, isn't there more to that? But thankfully, there are some incredible details that tell us about the rest of that story. In fact, there's two voices that are really important about the Christmas story. And we already heard from one of them. His name is Luke. We heard from the Gospel of Luke earlier today. And he gives some incredible details about the rest of that story. But then the second author is Matthew. One of the disciples of Jesus gives us a completely different perspective on what is happening. And I want you to see what's going on in Matthew chapter 1. Verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. 
Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. So here is the stage, right? We have a a young lady named Mary who's engaged to a young man named Joseph. And Mary happens to go away on a trip to visit her aunt and uncle. And while she's there, she finds out that she is pregnant. And she knows the baby isn't Joseph's. She tells Joseph, Joseph knows, hey, it's not my baby. What's going on? Somehow, some way, God is at work. He's setting the stage. And in that culture, when you were engaged, the only way to kind of undo that was to file for divorce. It was a pretty big commitment. But look at what happens next. Verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Somehow, someway, God is at work and tells Joseph, don't be afraid. He's setting the stage for something bigger. Look at verse 21. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. All right. Throw out the name books, throw out the list and all that. We've got this covered because he will save his people from their sins. God is setting the stage with this opening scene for something so incredible much grander than we could ever imagine. Jesus was coming to be sent on this search and rescue mission. Christmas is so significant. It's more than just this standalone story. You see, Christmas isn't the end of the story. It's just the opening act. That's what I want you to figure out. That's what I want you to see because God is setting the stage. This is the opening scene, just like in Home Alone. If Kevin is never left Home Alone, we have no story. We, they don't, those burglars don't run through that funhouse and get all tore up. Just like Christmas, it's the opening scene setting up the rest of the story. It's not, it's not anything more than, than that. And sometimes we look at Christmas and, and we just see it, it's the bottom line or it's the core to everything. And I'm not making light of that at all. I mean, it is a big deal for God to come down as a man. But he's setting up something else. Jesus has come to rescue us from our sins. There's so much more to the story and that's why we celebrate Christmas. Years after Jesus would die, there's a man named Paul who would write a letter to a church in Galatia, which is now modern-day Turkey. And I want you to see what Paul writes to this church. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. So Jesus, it's pretty crazy. He is fully man and fully God. He had to be fully man to take our place on the cross. He had to be fully man to take all of that punishment for us. 
But then he had to be fully God to be the savior of the world. To redeem us. Before that, Paul actually writes this in Galatians chapter 3. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it was written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole or a cross. That word redeemed, it's the idea of being purchased. It's used for when when slaves were purchased out of slavery and they were set free. They were redeemed. They were redeemed and set free. They were made sons and daughters and then they had their freedom. And the same is true for you and I. Jesus died on that cross to purchase us from the slavery of sin, to purchase us out of the darkness, to bring us into the light. In other words, Jesus completed the work he was born to do by hanging on a cross. And so we need to realize that as we celebrate Christmas, we have hope not because of the birth, but because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Because he came for you, he lived for you, he died for you, he was raised from the dead for you. And so that opening scene, that birth is setting the stage for the rest of the story. That he would come and he would die for you. He would give his life for us. So here's what I want you to see. That Christmas gives us hope. It's the opening act. It's God's provision for hope and eternity. Jesus came to secure our future. This is why we can sing the hopes and fears of all the years are met in him tonight. So as you approach Christmas, I want to pose one question to you. Have you turned to Jesus as more than a baby, but as your Savior? Not just a Savior, but your Savior. If not, today is the day. Today is the day to call on the name of Jesus, not as a baby, but as a crucified and resurrected Savior who died for you. Here's what Christmas means for you. God can actually begin to rewrite your story. He can rewrite our narrative Maybe things aren't going so well. Maybe you haven't really been living for God. Maybe he's not really been your savior. And you can come to him today and and have this opportunity to ask Jesus to be the forgiver and leader of your life, to be your savior. In a moment, we're gonna take some time to sing and celebrate not only Christmas, but what Christmas points us to. Jesus being the light, the light of the world that stepped into the darkest stories of the world to bring love and hope to the lost and to the lowly. That we celebrate this tradition of candles and I want to invite you to reflect on the fact that Jesus came to bring light into the world. If you picked up one of these candles on your way in, We have some people in the back who like to play with fire and they will help you light these candles. You see, Jesus came to be the light of the world. And light changes 
everything. Light is powerful. And here's what John, one of the disciples of Jesus, tells us. That at the very first Christmas, the true light came into the world to give anyone and everyone light. Who would receive it? 